My name is Justin Gage, and you're tuned in to the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions Podcast with your host, Jason Woodbury. Glad to have you back with us here on Transmissions. This week on the show, Joe Rainey. Hailing from Minnesota, he's a powwow singer of the Red Lake Ojibwe tribe. He's known for his collaborations with Bon Iver, Chance the Rapper, and Alan Sparhawk of Lowe. And in May, he released his debut solo album, Ninata, on Justin Vernon's People label. Created in conjunction with producer Andrew Broder, it pairs his vocals with samples Cold from his vast selection of powwow tapes, thundering percussion, and dense, thick layers of electronic sound. With its double-meaning titles like No Chance and Easy on the Side, that's a uh, genocide reference there, nodding towards Rainey's understated and sometimes dark sense of humor, Ninata takes on a collage-like quality that bends time. He joined me from his place in Minnesota where he's surrounded by his collection of tapes, to discuss his days traveling the powwow circuit, how his collaboration with Broder came to be, and his teenage interest in rap. Before we dive into all that though, I wanna take a moment to remind you that if you like what we do here on Aquarium Drunker Transmissions, and you appreciate our music, art, and cultural coverage, you should consider checking out our Patreon page. Independent outfits are hard to come by, and we pride ourselves on spotlighting only the good shit. So if you appreciate what we do, Patreon is the place to help us keep creating. Plus, it gets you access to all sorts of cool stuff. Mixtapes, radio-free aquarium drunkard programs, and other cool exclusive listens. We just recently posted a cool talk with the great guys from the Jokerman podcast, focusing on Gordon Lightfoot and Van Morrison's mystic forays in the 1980s. Big thanks to all of you who already support Transmissions by pledging on Patreon. But if that, you know, if that inspires you, check it out. You'll get plenty in return, and we certainly appreciate it. All right, let's tune in. Here's Joe Rainey. This is Transmissions. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. having the album, the album has been out a while. So, I mean, it, does your relationship with a thing like that change? I mean, I'm sure in May, you know, you feel one way about it. I mean, how often do you, do you, do you go back and re-listen? Like, what are what's what's your relationship with it like at this point? You know. Um, I still have to uh, re-listen to it uh, quite a bit, uh, just for performance reasons. Right. Um, I really. Uh, just just put it out there just as a a, a project between uh, Broder and myself. Uh, there was uh, really no, uh, you know, 
precursor or like really just really no thought beforehand of you know hey let's do this right uh, this just kind of just kind of just happened in a very very good way to uh you know really really think about who we are and uh you know what our relationship um <clears throat> is with uh you know music itself as you know powwow singing and things like that uh, although it hasn't aired yet uh, on our podcast feed, I did an interview with Jonathan Gott and Daryl from Medicine Singers, too. Uh, and it's, you know, I uh, it's great that there are these two kind of records coming out of Indian country that are impacting the indie rock sphere. You know what I mean? Which is like kind of a a rarer thing it's not that there aren't artists you know of course there are but it's really cool to see that there's a little bit of a groundswell of attention especially being paid to to those two records and also furthermore those two your record and and the the medicine singers record they don't sound alike they're entirely different sounding records you know which is another reminder that the native you know that indigenous people are not just a monolith right it's not there is no one sound right sure um i think we <clears throat> you know when i met yonatan that was through uh, ryan olson and through yonatan i met daryl and that this was just you know the last couple of years um i've i've known of the medicine eastern medicine singers as uh, who they were um out east as a drum group um I don't get out east very often. Not, I mean, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. I've never been. I've never been to to their neck of the woods. But I would, I would love to to go out there someday and uh, you know, have a have a good long conversation with with Daryl, uh, more than just emails back and forth and 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 other other ways of of uh, you know ways that we we've reached out to each other. Yeah, um, we've shared we've shared music. Um, he shared a few of the. The tracks that they've uh, they they put down before uh, Yonatan and Ryan got to do their thing. Um, but you talk about powwow music to them is is something different to what they actually uh, are trying to achieve themselves. If you um, a lot of powwow singers uh, might have a misunderstanding of of who they are, um, but you know, I'm guilty of that. What What do you mean? Um, they're they're they they roll in different circles. Sure. The powwows the powwows that they do is are the you know the more uh, eastern eastern coast. I don't want to call them hobbyists, but you know, a lot of a lot of them uh, type people will be there. But I think for them it's it's you know once you get to know them it's it's something much deeper. Yeah. Um. They they're really trying to reclaim a lot of uh, their histories and uh, a lot of what they're you know they've lost or you know the songs themselves and the language and right so you know I've, a lot of the the views on their on some of their their youtube videos might not just be of uh you know people who have seen them at the at the powwows it might be us you know me and my my fellow singers not laughing at them but just want we want to we want to know where those songs came from i think deep down inside so i think we have that a toxic of way of being uh, buttheads first and not really understanding um 
you know, what we're looking at. But I, I explain this to a lot of people about medicine singers and, you know, what we do is, you know, we're, we're in the same river, but in different boats, you know what I'm saying? So that's just, sure. it is what it is. And when you really think about it, um, you want to have conversations with those individuals more than uh, sit back and, uh, and uh, judge from, from, from afar. Yeah. You, know, you want to be, you want to be a different person. Well, something that, yeah, something that I asked Daryl and Jonathan was, you know, um, I think there is maybe a false dichotomy that exists between what is viewed as traditional music and contemporary music. And that's something that, especially for, you know, uh, music that's incorporating some of these indigenous traditions, you know, unfortunately due to the, I mean, uh, everything due to history basically there's often a very kind of past tense view uh applied to native music uh you know this is music from this other time or whatever <laughs> yeah, they always put the ancient word with it of, uh, of course yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 as a, yeah. as opposed to the truth um which is maybe a more complex reality right which is that these are these are threads that carry through and they do extend very far back and we want to honor and reflect on that but we also need to keep in mind that i'm talking about me you know not you and me we (laughs) you know that what we're talking about is music that just like any other kind of music has grown changed shifted mutated changed been absorbed in different ways been explored in different ways so one of the things about your record that is so at first off, it's incredible. I really dig this record, and I'm so glad that even though it's been out a couple months, uh, I'm so glad that we've had this. That we've got an opportunity to talk about it because it really is an overpoweringly cool record. It's so heavy. It's so moving. It is hard for me to put a a real description on what it is because there are times where it spooks me out in a good way it scares me you know oh yeah yes sir and then there are parts that are just so lovely as well and to me the best music is music that that refuses to be put in an in an easy box right so if something can be described purely as traditional i'm probably not that interested in it if something can unless it's actually from 19 10 or whatever you know what i mean that sure i yes but that was contemporary music when they recorded it so yeah yeah (laughs) so as somebody exactly you know i just i guess we well how about how about we start with this uh how how did you and and broder first hook up because this really is a meeting of the minds right uh i I would say so um broder and i met through eau claire's music festival um you know the the people collective or Justin and, and his friends mm-hmm. uh, curated that whole festival um, from the art, the actual art displays that were there to the actual installations, to the artists, to everyone that was there was all, you know, they were all brought in for a reason. And that was to, you know, be encouraged to collaborate. When that came along with um, Broder a few years into our, you know, performances there at Eau Claire's, we had a chance to uh, be in the woods with with Broder on this this little stage in the woods, which was you know really cool. Um, but there was a moment there where that it kind of you know flipped that switch in my mind to where 
um, you know, like you said, the fusing of the of the minds. You know, that's that's where it began, right there. Well, we we, we were really busy at the time, so we we really couldn't just be like slow down, like hey, let's do. You know what I mean? So that was something I knew, you know, in the back of my mind that you know somehow some way this this could you know possibly go down that road. But that's that's how I met Belder was through through Eau Claire's. What what kind of conversations did the two of you have about about the record before you, none? <laughs> we had zero conversations. Um, I, we, we did some uh, a, a few drum groups that I've sang with Midnight Express and Iron Boy. We had the the chance to to be at a, a Broder's residency and and be at the the benefit shows. Um, he was really grateful for us. You know, being there and you know singing and bringing our energy and the vibe. Um, so he he left it at you know if you need anything or if you you know just reach out you know that 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 kind of thing. You know everyone says that, but that's <clears throat> really just a, a true you know true way of saying, man. Hey, if you need anything, man, just let me know that you know I can help you best way I can. Whatever that was, whatever that would be was was not thought of yet so we didn't we didn't just feel like hey man let's, let's sit down to you know a couple years from now and make the <laughs> make something crazy <laughs> you know there wasn't was nothing like that it just was a a moment and where it just was like okay man then you know we got quarantine happening you know we have we have some things going on where we can you know stay home and really just you know create art still at home yeah and yeah. So that that's what happened, I believe. Uh, you've alluded to that moment that you felt that something flipped a switch for you. I'd love to hear you describe w- what it was that you felt in that in that moment, and and what what were the sort of the context of it. I don't think I was alone in that moment because the the rest of the drum group was there with me, mm-hmm. and we all experienced what we what we seen. Uh, so uh, there was probably some 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 minds turning. Mm. You know, my brother Dylan was there. Uh, you know, he he does his own dance troupe. He has his own dance troupe where he goes and educates about, you know, different dances or, you know, just educates the, the community about uh, who we are as Native people. Um, so I think, you know, there was, there was lots of artistic minds there on our side as well. So to see that moment where, you know, Broder was, um, we, we were waiting to uh, go on. Uh, it was just really uh, just a, a small stage with, you know, an area for, for people to stand. And uh, they kind of cleared the way for um, for a minute um, when we started. But then we, we had another time where we were going to come back out. And we were waiting to come back out. And um, Broder was, you know, was was getting into his little set he had. You know, he's, he's getting his, his vibe going. And then all of a sudden, my, my brother Ruben, <clears throat> he's the, he's, he just goes out there and he starts dancing. And it's like, dang, you know, we all, I've, we all seen it, and we all thought it was really cool because we all agreed that, you know, if you ripped Broder's music, and Ruben's still dancing, and you put like a drum beat or you know us singing, it'd be the same thing. Yeah, it was the same thing. The way that our brother was dancing was just like watching him dance at a powwow. Right. And now, and, and you know what I mean? So, and it was, it's a social gathering. Powwows are social, yeah. you know? So, yeah. so what Ruben, Ru, what Ruben did was, you know, he, he, he did the collaboration first, you know, 
little did he know don't tell him that because then he'll be, <laughs> he'll be claiming stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all we all seen it and we all you know we all experienced that yeah and and broder broder he went into it man he he noticed it too so um i didn't i kind of referred to that when i approached him to make this uh, but there was also something else that i kind of had a way of introducing it to him but he figured out how i was trying to get him to um react sonically to what i was trying to say so you know it's it's a really i mean there's a lot of qualities about the record that strike me right so obviously the the quality of the the vocals and uh some of the samples that you're drawing on right from these like long we'll we'll get into that a little bit more your sort of uh your tape collection and and the and the way you've been recording these powwows i see yeah i see oh oh yeah all my stuff this is i see a lot of i see a lot of media back there (laughs) so my wife calls it junk but (laughs) Uh, yeah i i empathize Uh, (laughs) oh you're right you're right (laughs) but um beyond that you know um there's a lot of distortion on the record, right? Like there's a lot of a lot of a lot of heavy yeah. heavy sounds. Sometimes uh, some of the stuff kind of reminds me of. I know you. I think you've collaborated some with Alan Sparhawk from Low. So the last couple Low records have really interestingly <clears throat> explored this concept of just absolutely blown out digital distortion. Some of it reminds me. No Chance kind of reminds me of Yeezus, you know, which is one of those records where. I don't care how you feel about Kanye. That record is an overpoweringly intense sonic thing. Yeah. So, so I pick up on some of that stuff, and and it kind of makes me wonder. I mean, you grew up singing at powwows, but I mean, were you listening to uh, similarly distorted music on your own as well? I mean, what kind of stuff were you listening to as you were coming up? Rap. Rap. (laughs) Just being in Minneapolis in the urban culture and just being at a, a urban school. Who who were some of your who were some of your rap uh, your rap favorites? Um, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't get too too far back into like you know the Wu Tang and things like, um, you know, really kind of early '90s, but um, you know the 2000s, you know the lyricists, you know Jada Kiss, you know, you know the lyricist, the clever lyricist from New York, you know, but you know I have to say Jada Kiss was was probably it still is, you know. That was just a, it was just a year uh, yesterday when he was on the verses, acting a fool, <laughs> and and you know what I mean. So that that you know being a freshman, and you know Jada Kiss album coming out, you know just just the vibe that that gave everyone that you know everything that they played that at was amazing. Um, but I think just like like Little John and the East Side Boys are just some Southern stuff that would just bang. Yeah. Like just absolutely just hit you in your chest. Yeah. Having having friends that would have car systems, you drive around, you'd be like, dang, I would never hear that bass part of the sound, the song if I didn't write in this in this car. And it just was, you know, that type of thing. Um, just the you know, then you start getting into the the trap beats and things like that. It's just like wow. Yeah, I, I just was just a drawn to it, but at the very same time, I was into like you know blues, a lot of blues. Um, so I I I just you know had a lot of different things I listened to when I when I was growing up. Um, yeah, 
and my mom would play a lot of um contemporary you know native american music as well so sort of sort of canyon records type stuff or other labels what are some of the (laughs) i want let's 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 steer away from canyon (laughs) let's steer away from canyon because you know you know they've done a very good job in what they were doing for however however long they were doing it appreciate everything that they've done but i know some things between singers that we're just going to keep between singers i i I respect your 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 polite sidestepping on that but some but you were saying some contemporary stuff this is what she would contemporary music yes Mm -hmm. always yeah yeah yes yeah no you and i i I joke around to say my my mother pre-programmed me (laughs) with with all the contemporary uh native or indigenous musicians um the, 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 that's what i usually remember the most uh the rap i had to sneak and get you know bust the <laughs> rhymes bust the rhymes was my first you know when my guitar teacher had this huge collection i used to try to take guitar but didn't work out he had this huge like cd collection and every lesson he let me take whatever one so like i would show mom the and peoples like look and peoples but then i would have like busted rhymes in my back pocket you know <laughs> so sure that was like how i how i got into or like stealing my sister's tapes with the explicit lyrics on them you know so that was like my introduction to you know just just loud music but i really haven't gotten into loud stuff until what you said with mr sparhawk and marijuana death squads. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was maybe uh, a handful of years back. Yeah, but at the same time, I've always had that attitude where you know what what you experienced uh, listening to the album. You know the scaring part. That and that was intentional. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's me too. Like, I want to mess with you if you're going to listen to this. So that's just that's just who i am i'm not like mean-spirited i'm a nice guy i'm a father of five um but when it comes to expressing myself or how i want to do it i knew it needed to be loud yeah you know there's something that's so i mean i think about how like uh like a term like you know awe awe inspiring or whatever you know or 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 the more like archaic use of the word terrible, right? Which doesn't mean bad, but but great, right? Like in, immense, immensity, you know. And that's the mm-hmm. that's the spirit I get from the record. That sort of that sort of you have to shield your eyes because you're afraid to look too too directly at this overpowering sensation. And yeah, and you know what's funny is that although a lot of low records are very quiet and and mm-hmm. and sparse. Uh, what I hear in the newer stuff, the stuff that's more blown out, that's more distorted, that's more aggressively, uh, sonically textured like that, I I still hear the same band in there, and I still hear the same feelings being in, evoked. There's there's they've traded the volume or the the quiet for volume, but the the intention feels the same and. And so even though, like, again, your record doesn't sound like a low record, it doesn't sound like even the low records that I've mentioned, but it does have, it, it inspires some of those similar, whoa, these guys are on to something, sp- yeah. something big, you know? And that's that's such a cool, that's such a cool thing. 
yeah, I, I listened to this sports radio show when I was, you know, growing up or, you know, getting older. And he says, you're either, you're either onto something or you're on something, you know? <laughs> well, you're so, on to something for sure. <laughs> we're, well, but yeah, we're definitely on to something. So I, I appreciate your words about the album and, um, you know, I do listen to it still. I, I recently got my hands on the, the CD form and that hit me different as much as I've listened to it. Um, you know, being a sound nerd now, uh, you can, you can definitely tell those, those files hit you different and everything is, is, is really expanded. I, so if, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I tried to listen in, in title the streaming service because they have the, the, you know, better, better sound quality. And, yes. and it's one of those yep. records where the sound quality definitely is, uh, the nicer system, the nicer way you can engage with it you know the the, yeah. the more you're gonna get out of it um for sure yeah there was a great talk with you uh by harley oliver brown on on the Bandcamp blog i think you talked about how the song be sun stands for black elk sun which was <laughs> yeah. a misheard Soundgarden reference right yeah, black well, sun. yeah when i was when i was younger yeah when i was younger so you yeah. you know that's what i was curious when that took place the uh <laughs> the 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 mishearing <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, uh, say, uh, yeah, just about the same time it came out, it had to have been on the radio sure. and I've, you know, in the car and I'm, you know, thinking like, for some reason, when I was younger, I, I was like trying to get interested in Black Elk Speaks, the book, but it was like, I was I'm like, what am I doing? I'm too young to read this right now. <laughs> right. So right. like, it might've been around the same time, like, well, well then. Black Elk Sun is a black hole sun. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So as I got older, I figured it out. That, you know, <laughs> it was stuck with me. But then, yeah, but, you know, if you put it together, just be, be sun, you know, being a sun. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's also this other flip on that song title. But yeah. Well, on one hand, I want to, I, I got two things I want to mention. One being that as a kid, the black hole sun video also scared me. So there's that. It's very, <laughs> it got those big eyes, those big black, yeah, and it was yeah. very spooky yeah, yeah. to me. I like that video. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> creepy. Yeah. The second is, you know, you, you employ a lot of interesting wordplay on the record in terms of the titles right so be sun yeah. uh no chance uh yeah easy on the side which you know is referencing the side there genocide you know and uh yeah jam yeah. jammer from the slammer all this different stuff part of what what struck me is um there's like a there's like a darkly humorous quality to what you're doing with those with those titles and 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 i'm curious if you know how often I mean, when you're coming up with a song title, are you in part trying to make yourself chuckle, or is it what it what what? How does it come together usually? It's kind of like inside joke type stuff, but it's not really a joke. But like most natives associate with a lot of those movies, so you know, some people might know what the can key is from automatically without even really you know. When have you ever seen a can key? Well, Thunderheart had a part where. You know, the, the dude who they have, you know, handcuffed is telling him to go look in the, the can for the key. <laughs> and he reaches in there and gets his arm bit by a badger. So, um, you know, I'll, I don't know. The, I don't just, know the movie. No. No, oh, man. Thunderheart's a great movie. Thunderheart. All one word. Okay. Val Kilmer. Grand Green. 
Okay, lots I, of good, lot, lots of good, lots of good uh, one-liners that us natives say to each other all the time. So, yeah, there. I mean, that, that's a great movie. It's all you know, set in a you know, fictional or you know, so it was all just you know very made up. But you know, it was all in South Dakota. Yeah. So yeah. But but when we talk about the the song names, I'm thinking like I have a list of songs now. Like we kind of went almost about halfway but when we made beige ago that's you know when that mix came or you know what he was developing came to me that's when i kind of knew like man this is this might be a little something you know we might just release this one or you know let's you know let's think about it a little bit and you know sure enough broder asked you know what, what should we do more of and so we you know had the whole list but then you know okay so this is going to be an album i have to come up with song titles well all the song titles like really kind of came after the fact of all the songs. So I wasn't like, this one's called, and then I named it. I kind of had to put myself back into the moments when I was creating them or really just try to think of, you know, what this song could mean uh, because a lot of it was just me listening to what Broder sent and then just singing from what he sent. Yeah. So um, I didn't have a chance to put down a song title because I didn't think it was going to be an album. <laughs> right, right. And then <laughs> that's the answer to that. But 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 just coming up with the certain stuff, I wanted to make, you know, some double meaning to, to uh, the song titles. So I like yeah. I like that, that a double a double meaning is such a that's my favorite thing about music is that it can express contradictory or paradoxical ideas or whatever else. So something can be funny and sad or it can be happy and depressed you know there's like right. that's that's what music allows us to do that so few art forms grant that kind of like emotional uh latitude or or, or uh you know that expansiveness that is so crucial to when, when we listen Putting your music up online is not always the easiest thing in the world to figure out, but DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and, as an artist, you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music into Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all the major streaming services. You can use it to edit your lyrics and your song credits. So important in the internet age to let people know the kind of people you're collaborating with. And uh, DistroKid makes that easy. You can also see all your stats from the streamers and, of course, add a credit card to purchase album extras. The DistroKid app is available now on iOS and Android. Go to the app or Play Store to download it. So, so how old were you when you first started singing in in powwow and drum drum groups? Uh, just just being around the drum, you know, four or five. Really start maybe thinking about singing around five, or maybe asking my mom to be a part of a drum and dance class or after school thing or you know probably about five years old so about 30 years damn i just thought about that that's 30 years yeah wow that's <laughs> but 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 it starts out i mean i still consider myself a student of you know being a singer it takes a lot to be a singer you know there's far more knowledgeable singers than myself and i 
it's not it's not me being humble that's me just keeping it real like there's lots of things i don't even know yet and that i'm still learning sure and i'm very very happy to be learning things and not having that plateau in my life where i'm not learning anything yeah for sure that's the one beautiful thing about getting older is you realize as you age that you you know you realize the the limitations of your knowledge you know or that there's that there's more that you could that you oh, could yeah. find out you know yeah um but so so when you were a kid and you eventually start like performing with with uh drum groups would you travel around regionally to different places to to perform yeah yeah oh yeah mostly minnesota mostly minnesota most mostly minnesota just you know growing up uh we came we came over here to uh, powwow that's happening this weekend kashina when i was probably about 14 or 15 Wh so yeah the, 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 there was a few powwows that we came to in wisconsin uh or north dakota but nothing nothing too far no not until i was older well so when when you were younger and well well so you said not until you were older because eventually you do start traveling around and yeah would would the whole mm -hmm. would the whole group travel together or was it more of a caravan yeah, thing? yeah? was it a bu caravan thing okay whatever you could get you know we sometimes we some you know powwow vans we call them the big conversion van, uh, vans with the spare tire on the back that's what usually powwow families rolled in yeah you know that's what that's what you know since the 80s everyone's trying to get that good old powwow van with all the cup holders <laughs> and the tvs and and the, the the three color hookups so you can put your you know your n64 in there and play back in the day you know so yeah uh yeah if you got a big ride and shoot you can take eight guys around and you can go rip it up hey dudes can go to canada and do what some of these drum groups are doing and it's going up there with six or seven guys and just going wrecking house and bringing home you know lots of money so that's just if if you have the means and the and the automobiles to do it hey that's that's cool with you there's there's tons of of stories about lots of drum groups having limos and you know certain things to travel in and you know those those stories are whole nother podcast within itself so, sure sure so yeah so, man so, we get around bro for real yeah however <laughs> however but not limos for you personally not most of the time at least nah man <laughs> i mean we probably had one just for fun or something like that but it wasn't like it wasn't yeah it wasn't like we were about well, to funny story my brother tanner rest in peace our brother tanner uh, we went to like our, the first trip that I, you know, I did take as, you know, as an adult, I guess you could say, or of age. Um, we took a, a really big white suburban on 26 inch rims. Damn. All, all the way to Canada. So we were rolling through Canada on the 26 inch white rims, like through all the powwows and like we're going, we're, we're pulling in and there's like, you know, in Jamaica where all the kids are just running. There was literally a bunch of like, I was like, damn, we're kicking up all kinds of dust. But no, it was just all these little kids checking out the car. Like, who is this? You know, so that was something I remember about you asking, you know, yeah. what are you guys driving? That was probably like the only cool story that I ever have. <laughs> is about riding on a Tanner's Suburban going into the powwow and all the little kids like right downtown Kingston. Yeah, or something, that's fantastic. You know? I, I learned to drive in a Suburban. Uh 
It didn't have wow. it didn't have cool rims, but it was you know. <laughs> hey, that's a that's a big boat to handle. It is a big know? boat, especially when you're learning. So I guess in a good way, kind of kind of helped uh, uh, put me a little farther down the line in terms yeah. of like if you could drive that, you might be able to drive most other things, you know. But yeah, road trips. That's what we still do. So well, yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Like, yeah. let's say you guys are driving in the suburban or something. Would everybody have headphones on or would we have a situation where everybody's sharing the radio or turning each other on to stuff or what, how, do, how would it work? Um, if I were, okay, so if you talk about the Suburban, that was when uh, I think the Carter, one of the Carters. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the one with the one with Amelie. Yeah. That one came out. So that, that was the only CD we had for some reason until we got to the powwow to like buy other people's CDs. But I was I was still recording with tape back then. I still am. Uh, so I had like this. I was like, oh man, we don't have nothing to record with. So I just was, you know, being cute, and I just bought a twenty dollar recorder at Walmart and just bought whatever blank tapes that they had there, and that was going to be our recorder. So I was like, well, boys, we can't. We don't have enough money for digital cheap Olympus recorder. You know, let's let's just get by with this. So. Uh, we were just listening back to the powwow through my like on my recorder yeah and with the aux cord with the aux cord um so that was like how we were listening to stuff but if you're talking about like regular music uh we didn't know canadian music at all so we were just riding around bumping a little wayne a million a million a million <laughs> so that's, that's great i mean it went went good with the rims yeah so we uh, we were you know we were uh, just some 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 city boys up there in canada just just having a good time but we, you know when we're traveling it's it's usually a lot of bsn and you know telling stories or mm -hmm. you know we're laughing about something or yeah you know I've, I've had a lot of travels with some 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 older singers now but you know they've they have their great taste in music uh singers all have great taste in music i believe that with my you know no matter what they like right that I've still have bros to these days who are sending me some underground rap stuff, which is just like crazy. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate our, you know, even uh, the, the lady singers too, you know, they, you know, sometimes we have a roll call in the car or we might, you know, send it around with, you know, do your best karaoke with a song, you know, you know just to pass the time but yeah road trips are many it's in my lifetime it's yeah, yeah that sounds great i i like it feels like you get one of those a million mile buckles or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> so it sounds, yeah. sounds like you've earned it <laughs> no not me there's some older <laughs> singers that definitely have yeah you you talked about how you would uh you know often you'd be with these people who would be turning you on to music who would be telling you stories who would be kind of imparting these these different things to you who were some of your some of the mentors in those days and and would you have people who would sort of help you uh, to get deeper into the feeling of what you're doing or, or show you for sure yeah just understanding what a singer is i think is is the main part about you know your your, your being you know um traveling you know of age or older uh, seeing the country as an, you know, a young adult but uh, some of your older drum bros is something I'll, I'll live and be grateful with forever uh, those those times you know where, where times where you're, you're sitting and you're just listening as a young guy you know you know your place and 
you're still from the same place they are and you've, you've walked the same streets and you know played you know sang in the same gyms as them and we've we've had many times together but when we're out there representing minnesota uh you know we we tend to we tend to uh you know come together a little bit more um just uh some of the guys that i did travel with uh in midnight uh you know op day uh crow belcourt chris whipple uh you know jeremy jeremy dearly um, we call him big worm mm. uh so uh you know jay dusty bull marcus denny all the all the the old guard of midnight express uh traveling with them you know my, my brother buffalo um you know traveling with them uh th- those are some fond memories yeah and uh, lot, lots of uh lots of uh gas station uh etiquette um you know if the the if my brother big crow you know or is is it's little crow his name on his license is little crow but he was far from little at the time so <laughs> he said that if you you know if the, the hot dogs are two for one you know you just you carry around i forgot what it was carry around two and just eat one and you just got to pay for one or something like that <laughs> sure so you carry around two and you, you you walk around long enough to eat it then you just but you know just sharing stories as you can say is 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 more of, of what i remember the most and just them sharing stories of you know the different music that they've or the different singers that they've heard or like some of the favorite songs that they've you know heard you know powwow songs or you know, i know my my bro whips was uh, a ceremony singer first so he 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 was always talking about you know, going to the different ceremonies and that you know are, have nothing to do with powwow right so um an entirely so different the, an entirely yeah, different just, presentation just private yeah private stuff sure um but then there's the you know native american church singing uh peyote singing and things those those were brought to me with uh by whips you know staying up and driving with with whips uh, he, he listened to peyote music and you know those long hours overnight we would drive overnight and take shifts so um, i would stay up with whips and we'd listen you know I try to stay up as long as I can with them, but we'd listen to peyote music all the way. Yeah. Um, so he would school me and tell me stories about him going to different meetings with his with his dad or you know his uncles, and um, yeah, that's that's what I remember from from being on the road is is uh, learning the tricks of the the trade from the, the old guys who have earned those million mile belt buckles for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Un- tons of stories, man. Tons of stories you you alluded to the fact that you you would often and continue to make tapes or recordings i mean maybe now you're doing it digitally i'm not sure oh i'm I'm still recording with tape still keeping it with cassettes uh yeah yeah when did that start that you were very young right my earliest recording is from 1995 so i was seven seven yeah what drew you to the tape recorder i was eight um just i don't know it was more like a a radio i guess kind of got me fascinated um just you know being able to record from the radio yeah yeah kind of i was like dang can you do this with the oh it has to have a microphone oh okay so find the one with the microphone okay well this one at the garage sale has a microphone you know mom can i get the one with the microphone yeah and then it it went from there so then it just was getting to the different powwows around wherever and just you know seeing what i got and just you know 
recording and going back and listening to it at home. When you uh, just the tape, but everyone else had one. That was what I was going to say. Everybody else had a tape recorder, so um, everybody, everyone was you know recording already with tape. So I wanted to get my own. Would you? How how have you have you kept a lot of those tapes that you've made? I mean, yes, yeah. Cause I know, yeah. cause I know on the record you're, you're, you sample from some of those. Yeah. You pull. Yeah. I have like, there's a whole, there's a whole wall behind me. That's what I, that's what, tapes. that's what I was curious was how you organize them, how you have them st- stashed. Yeah. What's the, what's uh, the. Well, I have two older kids from a previous relationship in Northern Wisconsin. And there's a good chunk of my collection that was left there. Um, but you know, the way that I think about, you know, losing things is, you know, someone needed them more than, than I did. So uh, I decided to start new. Uh, but thankfully, I had a lot of um, a lot of things at my mom still. Yeah. So there was like a lot of tapes that my mom have just have just busted out in the last two years that I've plugged in and I've listened and I've thought those recordings were gone forever. And luckily back then I was just randomly recording. I was randomly dubbing some tapes on random blank tapes so yeah um just some some stuff that was still at my mom's house thankfully um had a lot of my old old stuff on it and uh i'm very very thankful for that so um so i just thought i'd keep recording in tape and just you know continue that archive with with tapes and uh the way i like to listen to power music i guess is it's through tape because uh, the tape doesn't lie. I like to say. Sure. Um, just just the way that uh, you know, like I said, everyone had tape back then. So when you're listening to it, it's all about um, how it's coming through when you're listening back and how you can tell that everyone's on, even though it's a real crappy quality. Um, just the way that you know singing and the drum is picked up on a cassette tape is something pretty cool there's a lot of you know cassette is is an interesting format uh because it brings especially the way you're incorporating some of those recordings on this record right because it's it's very it's very collaged is what i would say right i mean that's like right obviously you've got broder doing his thing you've got you doing yours both in terms of the the the, the vocals that you're doing, but then also, yeah, pulling from this tape archive, pulling from some of these things. Do you know what the oldest recording that would have been incorporated onto the record might be? Or, or are you sure? That would have been the Kenny Merrick Jr. sample that I did. That was probably from 2001. Okay. Yeah. So going pretty far back. I mean, almost 20 yeah, years. I, I mean, maybe yeah. not when you put this record out but yeah i know what you mean right 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 yeah 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 and then also the black lodge sample on phil's offering is from oh actually that might be from 2000 so actually the black lodge sample is is earlier than yeah so it'd be 1999 i believe that was wow yeah yeah and and you know talking about you you've obviously referenced hip-hop music a lot we were talking about a lot of electronic composition uh yeah. You know, to me that's part of what makes this record so fascinating is the way these sounds are recontextualized and the way something from 22, 23 years ago can be combined with some crazy synthesizer sound or something that wouldn't have existed 22 years ago, you know? And to me that yeah. that adds to that that dichotomy to the record, you know? Um when you guys were putting this album together, 
you know, was it a, what was the process like of sort of getting all of this stuff to flow together, basically? It was just, it was just a, a magical moment, I guess you could say. I really didn't know um, how this this finished like the way it had, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. but it brother brother had a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah, it first it first started out as myself approaching him to uh, you know make these for me, and once that uh, was clear to him, you know how I wanted it, you know, it did take a little bit of time, but um, it went from there. So he was just like, well, here's like folder of five. You know just let me know what you think and there was like you know pretty long long loops so i i just listened and, and just went with it uh just just put my own you know wanted to do it the way i wanted to and uh, the, what he sent i knew immediately like if he develops these the way he wants to this is uh this is a good start for sure because it was what i wanted to hear um so it was just the vocals itself was, you know, even this is the mic, this is the chair, yeah, this is the spot. This is literally the same spot, you know. So, um, that's cool. So, yeah, this is, you know, I've done all my interviews from here, done all my Zoom calls from here. Um, so I, I really, you know, am appreciative of, you know, how comfortable I was in making that. Uh, just like I said, quarantine kind of put us in a in a space where we needed to gave you maybe think of think about some things. Yeah. Yeah, so. big time. And are the melodies and stuff mostly improvised or or For sure some of them are. Some of them I like I said there was a 9 minute loop. Some of those he sent me were like even 12 minutes. Yeah. So I had I had that amount of time to listen to it and just kind of hum to myself or um not say anything at all, not think anything at all, just listen um uh, just some of the stuff that I've done before I made uh, the album was, you know, a few things for, you know, Black Thought and Portugal, the man. Uh, so just kind of get those were a cool warm up, I guess. Um, but, you know, whatever they were sending me, I just was like, man, if I could, you know, sing over that or, you know, make something up for that. And, you know, man, I, I you know, let's let's try to hit up Broder. So, yeah, that's that's what I did. And yeah, so so, the, yeah, everything like easy on the side, that's like he that whole two minutes that's me thinking of what to sing and then that's the first take of me singing right the whole song the whole song is the first take of me singing uh, we did go back over it and things like that but yeah the whole two minutes was literally me think uh, just you know thinking to myself and then just singing what what's going through your head for those two minutes this might be one to put you know, either before or after Beijing go <laughs> <laughs> because I knew we were, I was like, okay, we have this one. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, let's, let's see what happens. But, and brother put the spin on a lot of this. Yeah. 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 And then he did, he did it so well. And, you know, I could only accompany him the way I could with my, my voice. Uh, but it was literally just like a back and forth yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Once we got those, kind of where we wanted him and he started thinking about what he could build around yeah us yeah well it's turned out so incredible in incredibly and and i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about it as we as we 
wrap up before I let you go. I did want to ask, you're also on, um, I guess what, uh, Bon Iver's uh, II came out in, was it 2019? Yeah, it was right before the yeah. pandemic. Right. That was a really important record to me uh, on a personal level. I don't, I didn't, as like a music writer or whatever, I think I ended up writing a a a blurb about it for Aquarium Drunkard's end of the year list, but I didn't write a in-depth piece because I just took that record and it became a personal, very personally important thing. You know, I was going through, mm. lost a family member during that time, lost my grandmother. And, and there were a lot of things that, um, on that record that just really helped, helped me make sense of that and, and get through it and all that stuff. And, so you're you're singing on We on that record, which is an incredible, incredible song. Uh, how did you first meet Justin Vernon, and, and what's it like being in the studio with that crew? Were you there at Advanced Bass, or were, did you do some of your stuff at home as well? Uh, April Bass. April we Bass, I'm sorry. Yeah. Advanced Bass no, is another artist who's been on the podcast. Apologies to <laughs> Owen. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> April Bass was something that we, uh, was a place that we got invited to uh, after the first Eau Claire's. Uh, he opened his live room to us to come and use if we wanted just to come and like uh come and sing there but and you know, his in invitation was you know to all of us uh we had a chance to schedule a time to be there and he was working on i come i at the time that was the first time i actually went into a studio to actually like do what i now do mm -hmm. uh, I credit him with a lot of what I have done. Uh, maybe he tapped into this uh, creative part of my mind or helped me, you know, get, get to where I am. But, you know, him putting McGizzy Sullivan and myself into that studio and, and um, into that booth, um, you know, Mike's looking at me like, what are you, you going to do? I was like, man, I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going to sing, man. I don't even know, really. And he's like, okay. And so we just went for it and like, and he used it. And uh, there were some, some really talented people there at the house at the time. And you know, just being able to you know, share April base with everyone that was there that weekend was, was pretty awesome. Uh, so uh, yeah, there was uh, you know, trap and powwow sleeping in the same house. Yeah. So yeah, there was, you know, there's, there's lots of things going on at April that, that weekend, but, um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have to use what, what we put down. And, um, I'm really glad that he, he included, he included that because he felt like we should, we should be on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you tapped into that spirit, that emotion that he was, he was going for. Yeah. That's a, a few, a few years down the line, but we, we met and we talked over, you know, old media, um, uh, and just, we, we kind of, you know, my my recorder that I was holding was, you know, it's a conversation starter to some people, or especially at a, a music festival. Of course, so, of course. Yes. yes. You got the ta but, you got yeah. the taper taper uh, mythology going for you. You got the taper. Uh, yeah, that's that's such a cool thing. Yeah, man. I'm I'm always recording, doing things, you know, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna start using these these things that I recorded a lot more. So well, it's it's all looking good. That's excellent, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a real, it's been a real blast talking with you. I, I really, appreciate Jason. It. Thank you. And I wouldn't be a true Minnesota sports fan if I didn't say, you know, shout out to all my teams. I'm over here in Wisconsin. 
uh, paying to watch you all lose, but I still love you. Still love you. I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, holding down for the Minnesota Vikings. So okay, I, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't be up in here using my platform if I didn't have to say that. There's KG over my shoulder. You can't see him, but he's back. I, I, I could. Joe, I'm not only am I uh, going to Wisconsin this weekend uh, to visit my wife's family. But I also grew up in a uh, Minnesota Vikings household, and while that has caused some conflict with my Green Bay loving uh, family on my wife's side, some, somehow we've we're, we're, Hang we, in look, there. we're we're all managing to to make things work <laughs> to figure out these complicated topics in these complicated times. So, Joe, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, nah, man, I I I you know, luckily when Favre came over. My wife's grandpa and her grandma came to be a Vikings fan, so I have a safe place to watch Vikings games. So no, I'm okay over here. No worries whatsoever. Uh, Joe, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for being with us here on Transmissions. Jason, man, you've been you've been a pleasure yourself, sir. Cool. Oh, someone's got toilet paper on their moccasin. Hey, just kidding. <laughs> All right, host drum. Change it up, boys. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your listen. You can support this podcast by checking out Aquarium Drunkard on Patreon. Your support helps us keep making the show, and we'd love it if you left a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to click the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I'm Jason P. Woodbury. I write, host, and produce transmissions. Our audio is edited by Andrew Horton, and our show's executive producer is Justin Gage, Aquarium Drunkard's founder. Don't miss his Aquarium Drunkard show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Sirius XMU. Transmissions is part of the TalkHouse podcast network. All right, we'll be back next week with just a few more episodes this season. We'll be joined by producer and artist Sam Cohen. Stay safe until then. This transmission is concluded. <laughs>